The Monday Rewind. Goal chance here for Waterford! Oh, what a finish! Brilliantly taken by Shane Bennett! The ball dropped to the ground, it bounced up a foot in the air, and he cracked it on the volley! I thought some of the freezing first half were dubious enough, to be, to be honest, and... Uh, but we were there, and just, I suppose, a goal early in the second half, and a big influence on the game, and, uh, you know, Waterford drove on from there, went back to their sweeper system, and, uh, you know, looked very comfortable. But the parents four guys never gave up, and they showed great hearts, and uh, they fought to the end. From the word go, we were struggling, gave away a very soft goal early on. Fair just to away, got to hold your hands up, and say that we just weren't good enough. I know you're probably sick of being asked already at this stage, but what about yourself? Do you plan staying on, or what's it? Sure. Walking out yourselves. That's where we want to be. So yeah, we're delighted that we got a performance today, but we'll have to knuckle down. We know how good Tipperary are. Probably too many wides there for our reckoning there today, but you know we'll we'll get there. You know. For a man to have an inside one-on-one opportunity oh, yeah. for Carrigan, who chipped it over Carrigan. Oh, what a goal that was for Carrigan! It came to him, edge of the square. He dropped it onto the right boot. He's running out with his hands in the air, and that's it. Tell him, Dustin. The mayor's room is special. I will always respect it, never dishonour it, and I will always be proud to have won it. Thank you very much. This is the Rewind on News Talk in there. You heard from Jimmy Barry Murphy on their loss to Galway. Anthony Cunningham on reaching the semi-final with the tribesmen. Dubs boss Jerk Cunningham on their defeat to Waterford. And the moment Fermanagh secured their passage to a meeting with Dublin in the All-Ireland football quarter-finals. You also heard from Chris Froome after his second Tour de France win. One wonders, will he be left to enjoy it? We'll have more on all of that shortly, plus the Premier League. Former Chelsea fullback Paddy Mulligan will talk to us about the away trips that uh, various teams are going on. You know, is it a good thing or a bad thing to go to Australia, America, Asia? Do you get something out of it? Do you just tire your players out? Is it worth what they get for what they have to put into it? We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also talk about Ireland's World Cup qualification group and the draw that was made over the weekend. Serbia, Wales and Austria among our opponents. Now, court manager Jimmy Barry Murphy says they just weren't good enough in yesterday's All-Ireland hurling quarter-final defeat to Galway in Thurles. 228 to 22 points the final score with goals coming from Jonathan Glynn and debutante Connor Whelan while Cotton Mannion grabbed seven points. After the game, we spoke to both managers starting with JBM. From the word go, we were struggling. Gave away a very soft goal early on. Fair to Galway, had to hold your hands up and say that we just weren't good enough. What do you think it was a struggle? Was it that you didn't perform or was it that Galway were good? It's a combination. We didn't play well. We made some horrendous mistakes all over the field that resulted in crucial scores, turnovers. They got the scores. We punished us very heavily and we didn't play at all to the level that we think we were capable of playing to. Did that surprise you? Because you would have come in with good momentum given that you'd beaten Clare a couple of weeks ago and played well in that game. Um, yeah, we've a great win over Clare, but won a very tricky game away way to Wexford. Everybody said it was a banana skin, and we got over that. And then we built on it, and that went to beat Clare. Who I think it was a very, very good team. But all, uh, I mean, let's be honest, comprehensively outplayed today all over the field. And you got to hold your hands up and say we just didn't didn't play the centre we'd like to play today. And it's very disappointing for myself, but more so for the players because, as I said, there over the last four years, these lads have given us a massive commitment. And I just want to put on the record that we, they couldn't have given us any more. And you know, maybe somebody's just had to accept they're not good enough. And today, that was one of those days. Glenn ran through the middle for a goal. I think in the first minute. First of all, did the, the nature of that goal really disappoint you? And second of all, did you, do you feel that maybe you didn't recover from that? Yeah, it's well, uh, like it's, it's it was early on, but the nature of the goal was disappointing. You can't see the soft goal like that. And the, when these things happen, they tend to undermine you. Pretty much started seem to rattle our confidence in the system we were playing. So from that point of view. Um, it's, look, it's just a matter of uh, taking on the chin and just accepting it on the day we made. As I said, we were, every, every Galway player, to, to a man I think, outplayed our, our players. We're better than our men on the day. You rallied after Damon was sent off, but what did you make of the sending off, first of all, and second of all? Well, they were lucky. The first yellow card is a very harsh yellow card, I thought. But look, these things happen. The referee calls as he sees it. No complaints, must on that basis. And uh, again, these things happen in matches. Just get on with it. I know you're probably sick of being asked already at this stage, but what about yourself? Do you plan on staying on? or what's it for next year. Walking out yourselves. Anthony Cunningham, Galway manager, how does it feel to get back to Croke Park, back to the semi finals? Well, it's where, you know, it's where these guys, you know, that's what they dream of and that's what they train for all years to, to play in an Ireland semi final and it's uh, where we want to be. So, yeah, we're delighted that we got a performance today, but we'll have to knuckle down. We know how good Tipperary are uh, and we'll have to sharpen up. Probably too many wides there for our reckoning there today, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there, you know. Tell me about the selection of Conor Whelan. It worked out, but it was a big, big call. 
Well, Connor has done well in training, and we pick teams on form and training and all that. So you know, that's that's the way it goes. Um, it's the same for any player. Uh, we've we've seen him, and we've we've used the intermediate team as a development team this year, really. And uh, we've had three nice, two, two, two nice matches there against Wexford and Kilkenny, and Connor has done well in those. So for us, you know, it's 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 a bonus uh, to have players coming through. And I suppose over the years we need better condition players and guys getting more matches to come through in Galway. Did you feel you needed to throw something different in there or shake it up or you know was that a, 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 a thought in your process? No, it's just it's, this guy goes well in training. He goes well in training matches and he's able to mix it with any, any of them. So yeah, I'm delighted that uh, he produced it out there. Yeah. Nice spread of scores as well, which is important. Cahill Mannion, Johnny Glynn, Connor Whelan, obviously Jason Flynn, all stepping up and getting good scores. Absolutely, and look, we're going to have to look down now and you know I suppose improving the points that uh, we need to improve on as a Tipperary or you know they would you know. All respect to everybody, they're, 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 they're a step up again. Were you a bit wasteful at times? A lot of wides. Yeah, a lot of wides, and I got very scattered there towards the finish. But uh, look, at, it's a load to work on. And how important was it from, we'll say, the 50th minute onwards that you actually did put the foot down and drive on? Because in the last couple of years, that's where your troubles have been. Yeah, absolutely, and there have been lulls and you know, performances, and uh, that's a good point. And it's something we we we've talked about and tried to address. And you know, same thing happened against uh, Tipperary here last year in a qualifier match. And uh, you know, that bit of freshness was there today, I suppose, versus last year's match. I would say enjoy the races, but I know you probably won't be going now. Well, we might get a we we'll might get a day there. John McIntyre is very good there for tips, so uh, <laughs> I hope he sends one or two this way. This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Anthony Cunningham and Jimmy Barry Murphy on the All Ireland hurling quarterfinals. Still to come, Gaelic football and the build up to the Premier League. First, though. Waterford overcoming Dublin 221 to 119 yesterday in the All Ireland quarter final, the first of the games in Thurles. Before we hear from Dublin manager Jer Cunningham, who we caught up with at the launch of the Board Gosh Energy Munster Under 21 hurling final, let's get the thoughts of Derek McGrath, who spoke to Off the Ball's match day commentator Dave McIntyre. Yeah, I think that the boys um, stayed very early in the game, probably started very well. We were um, a little bit more conventional in our approach, if you like, and um, it worked today. But uh, just delighted to be in the semi final. It's a brilliant achievement by this group of players, and delighted for them and their families that uh, all their hard work has been rewarded. Yeah, you mentioned the, a little more conventional. There were so many scores, 25 scores in that first half, and that's not the sort of a half of hurling that we've come to associate Waterford with this season. Was it a little more uh, ill at ease for you in that first half, watching that sort of a system? Uh, no, I think it was. I think Dublin probably left a lot of space, and we just felt, you know, we were able to. It looked like it was more conventional as such, if you like, based on what Dublin were, how Dublin were setting up. So. Um, yeah, look, it was 13-12. You know, when you're the first match in the quarter-final, double billing, it sometimes it takes till the second half for the atmosphere actually to kind of take take it a life, if you like. And I think when Shane's goal went in, the whole thing kind of took off from there. So we were, we just were happy. You know, we think Dublin are, we were saying in the run-up to the game that Dublin are a serious team, and we believe that still. We, you know, we believe we've beaten a serious team to get to a semi-final, and obviously we've a massive challenge ahead of us now. You know, at halftime you left the players in the change room. Yourself and the backroom team came out alone. Was that just to make sure those boys knew exactly what they needed to do and to sort it out themselves? Yeah, well, I think you hear most coaches or managers talking about a player-driven environment. I think the managers get far too much credit when things go right and far too much criticism when things go wrong. So I think sometimes the players, just, not that they take over, but they, you know, they're the ones that are, have sacrificed a huge amount. So they just, they just made a promise to each other that you know that this, this 35 minutes would be they put everything into it like they worked no different than any other inter-county team they've worked extremely hard since October last year so they just wanted to put it all into 35 minutes and that brings a certain pressure too when you put that pressure on yourself that you know you could be out after 35 minutes so they were able to deliver under that particular pressure so that's a good sign going forward you know? yeah, a very young team and that pressure you're talking about I mean an already excellent season could have looked like a very disappointing one with back-to-back defeats and maybe only that league title to reflect on it so maybe in that sense you guys were carrying an awful lot into this game yeah and I think we tried our best to keep that out in terms of you know a, a, I think in, in, in Waterford there was a certain sense of talking about Dublin as a potential banana skin or they'll be tricky that type of approach and I just I, I, I was lost in that in, 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 in that kind of particular summation of Dublin because I, I just said to myself Jesus Dublin are a serious team like you know I wasn't you know I was lost in the kind of not in the Waterford people's kind of you know, I won't say dismissing of Dublin, but they're, you know, they were certainly saying, ah, you know, I'll hold off for the semi-final. And we're just very worried that that would seep through to, to, to the mentality of the players, if you like. And we just, we all, we just, we were really, really strong on, on reiterating how, how good Dublin were. And, you know, I think that was important with our, 
Good approach, excuse me. So um, we were um, look, we're glad to get over a very, very good team, you know. Austin Gleeson was moved to further into the field today, and certainly the first 15 minutes of the second half, he almost single-handedly turned that game. His impact was absolutely huge. Yeah, Austin is a good player, like, and he, he, if he was here in front of you, you now he'd tell you that there's massive elements of his game that he has to work on as well. He's, you know, so he's a good player going forward, and he's a lovely lad and a lovely parents there. You know, he, he was inside in school with us from 12 to 18, so he's a he's a great lad, and, and you know, but like all the other players and all management, he's learning the whole time, and you know, um, that's what he'll have to continue to do going forward. You know. Finally, Derek, I mean, you've talked about the league title has been won. You're into an All-Ireland semi-final now, and no one will give you a chance. So all that pressure is now gone. Yeah, it's all gone, but it, it, I, think, I think you put your own pressure on yourself in terms of what you expect within the camp. You know, we have two choices. We can go up and look around Croke Park, or we can go up and be as competitive as we can be like against a, you know, a, a force that, that do six-week breaks or five-week breaks better than anyone else. They're probably in Carton House over this weekend, you know, planning for, for the semi-final, and that, that's Kilkenny. So it's, but it's great to look forward for the people of Waterford, city-based people, Ferrybank people, people around that area. It's brilliant. It'll be a bit of banter there, and once it's good nature... Uh, people can take it and, and, and you know it's. I think we can learn a lot from Kilkenny in their whole approach their absolute savage savagery and, their, and ravenous nature they have in the tackle and their humility when they win or, 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 or lose I think that's the most important thing about Kilkenny you know we're, we're big fans of Kilkenny Well Jack Cunningham we're here at the official launch of the Borgash Energy Munster under 21 hurling final that takes place here in Ennis on Thursday night it's a Limerick against Clare it has the potential to be a cracker we will talk about that but I suppose for yourself today it's a case of trying to get over the disappointment of losing to Waterford in the All-Ireland quarter-final in Thurles. Yeah, Sheena, you know, just a, a kind of a morning after, you're obviously disappointed. Uh, you know, I suppose we put ourselves in a situation at time to, 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 to go on to win the game. I think, you know, we were, we were right there. And I think that maybe seven or eight minutes after half-time caused us to, you know, caused us to put us on the back foot. And uh, again, as you say, obviously, morning after, extremely disappointed. We, you know, we, we went there with high ambitions and high hopes to uh, get to an All-Ireland semi-final. And, uh, um, you know, I suppose just got it for the players, really. I suppose, and you know, a lot of effort, a lot of sacrifice going to to get this far. And uh, you know, we we feel we're at that table, like where we can we can we can compete and we can push on. And we we really thought that we'd have a great chance to get to the semi final. So extremely disappointing. Yeah. What went wrong in the first few minutes of the uh, second half? Was it one or two guys maybe stepped off their markers and gave Waterford forwards a bit of freedom that they hadn't had in the game? Up to that point, was it Waterford reverting back to the sweeper and blocking up your, la- your lads? What was it? Yeah, maybe a combination of both, really. I, um, just early on, uh, again, I haven't uh, haven't seen it back because um, obviously it's just uh, I didn't get a chance to see it last night. But um, you know, I think we just got punished for you know that uh, we Marshall got a turnover from Keane O'Callaghan, and I think as sometimes when you turn over a ball, and nothing comes from it. It's not there's no focus on it. But I think the you know Marshall made a brilliant pass to. To, to Shane Bennett, uh, and um, you know he, he finished fantastic. So I suppose the fact of there's a focus on that because of the finish and because the goal came off it. Like you know, and then as you say, Waterford reverted back to the sweeper, and you know they, they're you know they've been good all year defending a lead when when they get into a situation where they defend, they defend, and they've, they've got a very good system and um, got guys got good players who are very comfortable in that system. And uh, you know I think at that stage we had to make a call whether to you know sit back and. Uh, uh, and try to settle into it or try to go chase the game you know and, and I think Walford exposes with a couple of points but I think that's came right back into it still you know we were still in the game a couple of minutes to go and still had chances Is it frustrating because I suppose the first thing people will ask is well why didn't you drop everyone back at the start of the second half and I suppose they might have put that question to you after the Galway game as well you know why didn't guys drop back early but if you do that then people will ask well you know you were hitting balls up and there was no one there to get them. It's a tough one to manage. It's a tough one to balance. Yeah, it is in a situation like that. You know, you're trying to find, to, trying to work out, trying to think on your feet. Obviously, you know, straight afterwards, uh, you know, um, it happens straight away. You know, and then we have to, then you have to kind of make instant decisions. And you know, what you're, you know, I suppose, um, um, as I say, we were, we had, we were, we went from being one up like to four or five behind in, in you know, in, in quick, in, 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 in four or five minutes. So again, we kind of discussed it, and we were kind of saying well, we need to kind of chase the game because we need to, you know, one of our no have a back to the super system, and we now need to get scores. You know what I mean? So and then unless we push people up, you know, we weren't, uh, we were, you know, and by doing that, you're leaving yourself open to to, to, to the counter attack, obviously. And uh, you know, they, they they had one good counter attack and exposed us. Yeah. Is it frustrating that over 70 minutes, if you're beaten by a far superior team, you can say, okay, we were beaten by a far superior team, but you actually did have the chances, and when you ran at them, you created chances and. And Mark Shutek got a good goal, and, and Dossie clipped over a couple of points, and Danny Sutcliffe, when he got possession, clipped over a couple of points. Is it frustrating that if you were able to replicate those kind of situations a bit more, 
maybe now we'd be talking about Dublin going into a semi-final. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I suppose what, what, what we'd love to see, you know, and again, is, is trying to trying to get that performance, to, you know, some of the stuff that we've done during the year in different times in different matches trying to, you know, trying to bring that all together in a, in a, in a pressurised environment that is a quarter-final with All-Ireland you know and, and you know we've, 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 um, we've worked hard in training and trying to work on things and systems and, and, and our first touch and our striking and everything like that and uh, you know we were, we were right there and you know possibly potentially as well a couple, of, a couple of decisions that didn't go our way in the first half I think you know in a tight game like that they're all, they're all crucial you know and, and, and again a couple of you know disappointing situations where we're where, where only puck of a ball um, can make a difference. Um, these are all very crucial, and uh, um, as you say, we, we've things went, things maybe went against us for a couple of minutes, and, and, and you know, I suppose unfortunately we're here today, not in the semi-final. Yeah. And I suppose the same thing is always thrown at Dublin that oh look, they don't have the natural hurlers or maybe the touches off. Do you think that's that's just a, a cliche that is quite clearly false, or do you think that's that's fair that maybe you know a bit of work needs to go in with these lads and maybe the couple of lads below them as in you know squads and just just giving Dublin that little bit of something that other counties have that they haven't. No, I don't agree. I, I, from what I've seen this year, I must say, like some of the, you know, there's some really top-class hurlers in Dublin who has good a touch and as good of hurling ability as, as any players in the country. Uh, you know, and I think you think you can see it this year. You know, I think we were unfortunate that we didn't, you know, um, at least get to the Leinster final at under-21 level. I think it was a game, you know, that, 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 that we could have won against Kilkenny and it would have been great. But there are some very good players in that under-21 team. Uh, the minors are in the Ireland semi-final in two weeks' time, so you know, so you know, there are, you know, there's a lot of work being done, obviously, at, at underage level, and uh, you know, I, I, people throw this at different times about, uh, you know, about uh, not having the hurling finesse that other counties have. I don't agree with it for, at all, and I, I see that, that what, you know, what I've seen at senior level, uh, I'm watching the under 21s and minors as well. You know, there's some excellent players there, like who are as good as any in the country. Can I ask you how big a loss Peter Kelly has been? Yes, he came on yesterday, but. It's not ideal. You want someone like Peter Kelly there from the start and in his, I suppose, more traditional position. Now, any squad in the country, I would imagine, would miss a guy like Peter Kelly if he wasn't available. Yeah, we, I, yeah you know, it, it's, that's, you know it, it's, it happens in sports. Injuries play a big part, you know, and, uh, you know, we lost Peter and we also lost Niall McMurrow for, you know, for nearly 10 weeks yeah. in between. So, you know, we started now, listed Peter, you know, came back from a great three tear hamstring, a serious injury, and, you know, had a lot of game time behind him and uh, you know, had a lot of matches played, only only the games we play in training. We lost Nile for ten weeks, we also lost Shane Durkin. We lost uh, we also lost Dara Plunkett, you know, between the two games, you know, and you know and a couple of other injuries as well came out, Brian and Ben Quinn, two or two young players who we were hoping to introduce this year, also got serious injuries as well. So, you know, injuries play a part and that's why you have your big squad. But you know, people like Shane and, and, and Dara Plunkett and, and Peter and Nile, you know, they're 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 important players and you know, we're we we need everybody, like like all teams, but we need everybody to be available if we could. So you know, in saying, in the answer to your question, really, is that yeah, there were there were big losses, but like you know, you have to put up a dance sport. I know it's probably hard. It's literally less than 24 hours after the game. But how do you reflect on Dublin's year overall, and how do you reflect on your own role in that year? Yeah, and, and you know, we'll sit down and reflect as as, as we'll have time over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's kind of. When the season starts, it kind of moves on fairly quickly from you know from the league straight into the championship, and, and you know you don't have really much time to once once the championship um, goes on, because you're, you're all the time focusing on the next game. You know, uh, I think we retained our we obviously we retained our status in Division One. We um, we got you know we got to a league semi final, and uh, in a game we possibly should have won. You know, so we look back with that with a bit of disappointment that we didn't close that one out when we were ahead of Cork, with Cork and Olin Park. Um, I suppose in the championship, you know, I suppose we possibly should have beaten Galway the first day in Crow Park. We were ahead on the 69th minute. You know, we possibly should have, you know, that, that's a game maybe we should have closed out. Um, but again, we had to regroup, I suppose, from that point of view. And, uh, you know, I think we bounced back well. I think we obviously had two uh, two victories in, in the qualifiers where, which I think if you look back in the last number of years, the qualifiers haven't been kind to Dublin, and uh, you know I think we've won two games this year. It got us to the quarter-final, and uh, you know we're we're you know we believe we're we're a top six team. Uh, we're in the top six in the league. We believe we should be top six in the championship and have ambitions to go higher. And uh, but you know it's it's uh, it's tight up there. You know to, when you get up to that level, you know it's small 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 margins, small things make a difference. But um, you know I think we'll, as I say we'll reflect over the next couple of weeks and see where we go. But uh, you know I think there's a good basis and a good foundation to go forward. Is that? game against Galway the first day in Crow Park is that the really frustrating one because that was in your grasp yeah I suppose um, I suppose it is really but I suppose the, the second one was you know 
the second day in Tullamore as well, you know, that first 20 minutes, you know, people keep harping back to that match. And, you know, that, um, you know, that, that game doesn't define our season at all, I think, if you were to take all the games over in the context of the whole year. Yeah. You know, I don't think we should be focusing on that one. You know, that, that happens, it happens, but I think we recovered very well. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, yesterday, was a couple, you know, a puck of a ball either way could have put a ball to another in the semi-final. So I think we've got to build on that. We've got to, you know, we've introduced a lot of some new guys into the panel this year. We've other guys who are training with us, some younger guys as well. So we've got to, you know, look at look at the future and then see where that goes. And uh, you know, the, the, that's evolution that happens in all teams and all sports. So um, I say we'll reflect over the next couple of weeks and months, and um, you know, I look forward to 2016 with confidence. I'm not sure if a manager can ever brand a year a transitioning year because people want success, and if success doesn't come, the manager cops it. But as you've said, you've made changes. You wanted to kind of develop maybe your own style with this Dublin team. So in many ways, it is a transition year. And I think staying in Division 1A and getting to the last six and losing a very tight quarter final means it's not a bad transitioning year. Yeah, I suppose that's a word that's just bended about at times. You know what I mean? So, you know, transition is, is, is a word. You know, the, the basis of, of, of the squad, you know, when I, when I took over from, from Dalo was, was there. Yeah. You know, it needed to be maybe, you know, just maybe a different stamp on it. And, and you know, we, we looked around the club scene and uh, introduced some new players from, from the under-21s as well. Mm. So, you know, that, that, that the panel is there. You know, I, I don't kind of half believe the word transition from that point of view. I think that, you know, you have the players that are there are, are your panel. And, you know, like, like all teams, you introduce new players for, you know, you have half an eye on the future as well to see where you kind of, you know, need to build going forward. And, uh, you know, it's taken me, you know, the six or eight months to get to know players and, you know, for them to get to know my style as well in that point of view. So, you know, it's, 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 um, it's, 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 Something we're going to, you know, as I say, we go back and reflect. Um, you know, we've, 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 we've the base of a very good panel going forward and to build that. It was the heat at the moment, but I imagine Liam Rush was feeling pretty down after the game yesterday, given his, his red card, and I suppose look the result overall. Yeah, as I said, I, I, I didn't, uh, I haven't seen it. Um, I kind of went, you know, got back home, and got back home late last night, and then probably early this morning, so I haven't seen it. But obviously, something like that, you know, just bound to be a bit of frustration, I've no doubt, on Liam's part. You know, he's one of our captains of the team, so you know, at that stage in the 70. First or 72nd minute of the game, you know, you're, and it looks like you know you're going out. So a bit of frustration, I'd say, but I guess I haven't seen it. Outside of maybe one or two guys, it's quite a young squad. So that is a positive as you go into next year, into 2016. Absolutely, you know, as I say, you know, the, the, the base of the, of the squad is there. And like anything, we will sit back and, and you know, when we have time over the next couple of months to review it uh, and see where we can um, obviously try to try to improve what we have that's the basis that's what every manager does trying to look at uh, where, where we can make you know if there's changes to be made how we, how we can improve things and uh, you know we won't, uh, won't rush into anything we'll take a good look at the club championship hopefully the minors will come through and hopefully see some potential there and uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll reflect and, uh, and, uh, and look forward again look, I think look forward with, with, with real confidence next year Do you take hope and do you think other hurling people should take hope when they look at maybe uh, Clare and Waterford and teams like that Davy came in took a year the next year they're all Ireland champions Derek McGrath comes in, gets relegated the next year, All-Ireland semi-finalists are up against Kilkenny League champions. So do you look at that and say, you know, it does take time because guys have to get the mindset and maybe you mentioned the younger players coming in, they have to build up because physically now in hurling you have to be quite big and sometimes when guys come straight in off a club a team, they're, they're not physically ready to step up to inter-county level. Does, does that kind of thing fill you with hope? Yes, yeah, it, it does from the point of view as well. And I've also seen you know, some very good players from the under-21s as well this year that you know, hopefully will be ready in 12, you know, six months' time to ready to step up, like obviously. Um, the nature of the, the, the National League obviously is so competitive, it doesn't really give you a huge amount of t- you know, time to, to get guys to, to, you know, to, you know, to bled into the, the, the system you're trying to do because it's so competitive. You know, you're trying to, you, need to, you have to win nearly two or three matches in the league to be sure of, of staying up. And uh, you know, that's, that's a balancing act. You know, do you, do you, do you, what do you want to do long term? Do you want to stay at this level and play at a high level? Or, or do you want to introduce new, new guys and uh, give them exposure to playing hurling at the top level? And, you know, and that's, that's, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum at that stage. So it's probably a bit of both. So we'll try to introduce some of them, but at the same time, you nearly have to rely on some of your experienced guys. But... Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've seen guys this year that hopefully with a, with a bit of development work um, will we'll be ready to play uh, inter-country level. You know, that's why, so I think it's just very important that from a minor point of view that, you know, and under-21s that you compete at the top level. Uh, but, you, you know, the under-21s didn't, didn't, didn't come through this year. But I think still think the work has been done with them over the last number of years, to, you know, that they will be a number of those guys come through.
Let's talk about this game. Board Gosh Energy, Munster Under-21 final, Limerick against Clare in Ennis on Thursday night. It has the potential to be a cracker and a great occasion. I remember a couple of years ago, Waterford played Clare in Farherfield in Dungarvan. As a stadium and as a, as, a, as a venue, it's not too dissimilar to Ennis. It was packed to the rafters. Well, only one side of it has rafters, actually, but you, you get what I mean. Um, and the town was buzzing all day, tight pitch. You're basically, you know, you're basically on the playing field. And sadly, that's the closest I ever got to the playing field in Fracker Field. But look, Ennis is going to be something similar on Thursday night. And two teams who maybe surprised a few people by getting here. Yeah, I, I, I think from the point on the other 21 on, on Thursday night is, uh, you know, Ennis has been a, a fantastic ground in relation to the last couple of years. Um, any matches that have been here with Tipperary a few times and uh, um, uh, they've been crackers. They, they've really, the, the Clare public do really come out and support the team and, uh, you know, they've been, they've been, they've been, you know, they've had great success with this under 21 grade. Uh, so like they're heading for four months in a row if they can do it with three all-irons and three months in, uh, three all-irons in their back pocket so they do really like the competition I think they've really built their foundations for the senior team going forward and, and Limerick I think are going to come as well because obviously they've done a lot of work at underage level they've had success, success relative success by getting to all-irons at minor level um, and again I think as you say maybe two, two teams this year rather surprisingly but that you know Clare had a fantastic victory over Waterford uh, really played great hurling on the night and probably you know uh, may have caught Waterford on, 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 the, on, on the rebound from the senior final but that won't worry them um, and Limerick then I suppose they're the same to tip I suppose you know really so two teams that might not have been favourite at the start of the, start of the competition to get there so I think really has all the all the ingredients for a fantastic game, game on Thursday night it's an all ticket and there'll be a huge crowd here so there'll be a great atmosphere and you know it should be a great game and it used to be a case that you'd have to wait maybe a couple of years to see these guys step up to senior it's not so much the case anymore the the gap has closed, the, the bridge is that bit shorter from 21 to senior, and even today we've been talking to Conor Cleary and Keen Lynch, both very much part and parcel of their county senior setups. Yeah, you can, I think the biggest example of all is obviously Waterford. That, like, you know, I think there's something like 13 or 14 of their, of their senior panels made up of under 21 guys. You know? So, you know, I think the old adage, you know, if you're, if, if you're young enough, you're good enough. You know what I mean? So at this stage, most guys that are, you know, that are nearly playing at the county or want to play going to play senior at the county you know would be would be established under twenty one players uh, over the last number of years. But uh, you know Clare have had quite a few of them. So not so many this year. And obviously I think only Connor and, and Shane from the are on the senior panel or maybe Bobby Duggan as well. Um, so you know it just goes to show if you can perform at this level, you know you're uh, you're not too far away from, from being able to perform at senior level. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Dublin manager Ger Cunningham speaking to me at the launch of the Board Gosh Energy Munster Under 21 Hurling Championship Final. It's taking place this Thursday in Ennis. We'll preview it shortly. Um, after yesterday's second semi-final between Cork and Galway, Galway of course winning, I caught up with former Galway player and manager and now Galway Bay FM analyst Connor Hayes to see what he made of the two games. We'll start obviously with the Galway game. It was an incredible performance really to say that we scored uh, 228 at 23 wides and uh, incredible really. You know, Cork did, Cork did uh, fade away in the game, you know, following after the man was, after the man was sent off, they did, to be fair to him, come back into the game a small bit but then just faded away in the end and Galway could do what they like really there in the end, you know, and I think it was, they, they finished up with scoring 1-9 in the last 10-15 minutes of the game but you know the first half was tight enough and I was expecting a closer game but it was a very open game really you know and both sets of forwards were on top of the first half particularly Galo forwards the Galo forwards I thought today did very well I thought Jonathan Glynn in particular Cahal Mannion got seven points I think from play but like his, his, his general play when he's linking with Jason Flynn was, was particularly good you know Joe, Joe Canning wasn't as good as, as he usually is and had a lot of wides but it just shows you that he was getting on the ball as well so in general I think the Galway forward line just completely dominated the, the Galway or the Cork back line and that was the main feature of the game you know but Cork were, were disappointing and will be very disappointed with their display That's what Galway have been looking for over the last couple of years a consistent display from other forwards outside of Joe and I suppose ironically Joe didn't play particularly well today from a shooting sense but the rest of them did stand up and the Conor Whelan experiment certainly worked yeah, TJ, I did work in the end there like, but he is, he is a lively forward you know. he did, did, did introduce him there to, to create a, bit, a little bit of pace in that forward line as well which, which did work for Galway you know. but given the option as well of coming out to wing forward going back into corner forward you know, and the Galway forwards are much more fluid today than they were and again it's that consistency of performance that has dogged them over the years you know, they play very well for 20 minutes now they did go over the game for a while today as well 
for about I'd say about five to five minutes after the, after after uh, Damien Cahalan was sent off. Cork seemed to to, to to get stuck into the game at that stage, and Galway did seem to go a little bit ragged at that stage. Probably had it as was uh, I suppose probably had it in the bag at that stage maybe, but you know just was left back a small bit. Cork did bring it back a bit and took Cahalmanian then I think with a point from a misplaced pass from from uh, Mark Ellis to, to steady the ship, and then Galway just pushed on from there, and and, and it was over by then. Can they replicate this kind of performance against Tipperary in Crow Park? Difficult one for a bit. You know, Tipperary will have a look at this and they'll certainly say, you know, how did Galway get so much possession? How did they open up Cork so much? How did they how did they operate with with the fluidity of their forwards moving in and out? And you know, Eamon O'Shea will certainly have a plan for that. I was just saying we we have what 53 or 54 chances today to, at goal. Yeah. It, it, Tip will be certainly looking to reduce that to half that, and and you know hope to give, keep Galway's scores down and try and get try and have a run at Galway's backline. weren't really tested today, but uh, Galway backs did, did play quite well. But you know it'll be a different game. Certainly won't be uh, anything like as open as it was, and I think Tipperary completely different test. But we're, Galway are obviously glad to get out of the day and glad to be in all Ireland semi-final. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but there would be belief amongst that Galway squad now, and that's very important, particularly for Galway, because in the last couple of years they've had disappointments, they've had lows to the confidence, but now they've got a bit of momentum. They've got a win in Thurles, which has been a tough hunting ground over the last couple of years. They're back in the semi-final, which they haven't been in in a couple of years. So you know, it's, there's a couple of things kind of going their way. It is, Jim. This is the, the quarter-final stage. It is. It in the hurling particularly is, is particularly important from that point of view from the confidence point of view Do you know you look at Clare here two years ago Galway came in expecting to beat Clare here two years ago Clare turned their, turned their game around in the second half and beat Galway and you saw what they did after that you know and the confidence rose after that you'd be hoping that Galway would, would that confidence would well up in Galway again and that that little bit of spring in their step going into an All Ireland semi final will, will be there. You know that you know we're coming in here today a small bit hesitant about whether we, we would we would we play the way we played against Kilkenny or play the way we played against Dublin and Leash. You know, but like they give the answer today, and as you say, like it gives that. You know, if Cork won today, you'd be saying the same thing that they would push on and they would be you know contesting for an All Ireland final, and that's where, where Galway are. And this quarter final stage has been it's a monkey off off uh, Galway's back generally and off these players back and you know you see the, you can see the body language there afterwards and the humour of the players afterwards is completely different and they're looking forward now to go back into training and they're looking forward to an all Ireland semi-final As a neutral what did you make of the Waterford Dublin game? I didn't uh, think it was it was a great game it was a pretty uh, I thought the pace of the game was quite slow I thought it was you know but Waterford always you know once they got the goal uh, once they got the, the, the first goal I think it, it you know just pushed them on a little bit and put it beyond Dublin Dublin just you know again sometimes authors of their own downfall you know it wasn't until near the end of the game they started to open up and play a little bit of more open hurling you know played it a, bit, a little bit I thought at a slow pace and tried to slow the pace down again don't think that suits Dublin I think Dublin are, are a kind of an all out attacking team so any of the four teams that's left could beat any, any of the other teams on a given day you know Gola could beat any, any of those teams on a given day Watford could do the same thing Kilkenny could do the same thing Tipperary it's pretty pretty even now at this stage so uh, you know again Galway I'd say Tipperary are probably slight favourites now but you know, Galway certainly after today putting up a score like that against the likes of Cork is, is going to shove them up nearly to favourites as well this is the Rewind and that was Connor Hayes on the upcoming All-Ireland semi-finals between Tipperary and Galway on August 16th and Waterford and Kilkenny on August 9th. Next weekend the football quarter-finals begin as Kerry take on Kildare and Dublin will play for Manor while in the qualifiers on Saturday Galway meet Donegal and Sligo take on Tyrone. Let's look ahead to those games now. Jackie Cahill, GA writer with the Irish Examiner, uh, Irish Mirror, Daily Star, the 42.ie, among many, many others. <laughs> um, let's talk about the upcoming football this weekend and to look forward, I suppose we have to look back. Kildare beating Cork in Thurles on Saturday night. It was a bit of a surprise to some. They go on now to meet Kerry. It was sad to see Cork in that state though, wasn't it? Yeah, it very much was. Um, Look, it's, it's very easy to, to be wise with the benefit of hindsight, but I would have felt that Cork were vulnerable on um, on Saturday, and I would have written as much. I think Kildare, Kildare were building a lovely head of steam through the qualifiers, um, had a couple of wins under their belt, were gaining momentum, and they were up against a Cork team with just that seven-day turnaround, which we've heard so much about. Um, were obviously deflated and low after losing the Munster final replay against Kerry, so I thought they were sitting ducks in Tordes on Saturday evening, to be honest. Um, very hard to replicate the levels that they got up to, particularly the first day against Kerry, and Kildare were very much ready for them. They had two good looks at them over the course of those two Munster finals. So Jason Ryan could go away, very methodical manager, um, very detailed, and could plan accordingly, and got it absolutely spot on. What impressed you about Kildare? 
I, like, I always like Kildare's energy, their athleticism. They've got some very good footballers. Niall Kelly was back as well. He was a massive addition. Paul Cribben, he's just a, like a Duracell bunny around the pitch at times. Um, they've got some really good players. Tommy Mooley, Gallen Smith, you know, Eamon Callaghan, Ona Flaherty. They're, they're just good, good footballers. Um, now, their recovery from that you know, defeat to Dublin and Croke Park is one of the stories of, of the year. And you know, For Jason Ryan, a guy who presided over two successive relegations in, in the Alliance League, to turn them around and get them to an All-Ireland quarter-final is no mean feat. Is it a case of doing the exact opposite of what they did against Dublin when they come up against Kerry? They really do need to learn the lessons. They were so open, they stood off, yeah. and they just didn't play well. Whatever could go wrong did go wrong. Now, they didn't help themselves, but... I suppose Jason Ryan will look at that and get it right, and he's generally quite good to do that. Yeah, he is, and you know, there's so many imponderables about this game, and that if you're taking a straight line of form, you look at the Munster final and say, okay, Cork were only a few points behind Kerry, they finished up eight points behind uh, Kildare. So, you know, is there going to be that much in reality between Kerry and Kildare? Possibly not. Um, from a Kerry point of view, they're obviously going in as Munster champions. Um, they'll have felt that they really got two good tests against Cork, obviously. They also came through what was a pretty tricky game against Tipperary as well. So in contrast with previous years, Kerry have been, you know, they're battle-hardened now as well. Uh, Kildare are obviously battle-hardened, having come through the qualifiers. Um, on all-known form, you'd have to go with a Kerry victory, but not by as much as what people might think. For Manor against Dublin? Oh. Very, very hard to see anything other than a Dublin win by quite the distance. Yeah, it's unfortunate um, that, well, it's, it's, it's just reality. That, that, that's what it is. You know, Dublin are what they are. Fermanagh have, have done remarkably well to get to this stage of the competition. Um, you know, Pete McGrath is, is well used to, to knocking around all Ireland quarterfinals, semis and finals. So, you know, he, he led down, obviously, to two all Ireland titles in the 90s. Um, and to get to an All-Ireland quarter-final and, let's not forget, to gain promotion uh, from Division 3 of the Alliance League this year, that's a good season. If you told Pete McGrath and his players at the start of the year, we'll get promotion and we'll get the All-Ireland quarter-finals, it would have bitten your hand straight off. So, you know, success is relative to different teams, Oshin, as you know. You know, Dublin's goal at the start of the year is to win an All-Ireland title. Fermanagh's may have been to get promoted and to win a couple of championship games. So both teams were at different stages. Uh, but for for, for Mana, get up there, put them, put up a good performance. Let's see where it takes them. Can't see them anywhere within 10 to 15 points, though. Let's go from Sunday to Saturday. Galway taking on Donegal. Hard one to call, or is it? It's an interesting game, Ocean, because what Galway have over the last few games is matches against Ulster opposition, and they're just nicely building ahead of steam. You know, they went to Armagh, the Athletic Grounds, not an easy place to go, and got a win. They had Derry at home and got a win against them as well. So if you're looking for preparation against an Ulster team like Donegal, there's no better preparation than to play other Ulster opponents. So um, O'Corrine and Flynn are good players at midfield. Damien Comer and Danny Cummins are dangerous inside. You would just expect that even though they lost the Ulster final to Monaghan, that Donegal are probably still All-Ireland contenders and will feel that they are. So on that basis, I give them a tentative nod by three, four, five points perhaps. Sligo and Tyrone, hard to know. Will Sligo be able to bounce back from that massacre in the Connacht final? Yeah, and again, it, the qualifiers and this stage of the competition are all about momentum. Um, you know, you saw that uh, in, in previous rounds. You saw that with Kildare on Saturday. Um, Tyrone, I saw them in the flesh against Tipperary, physically imposing specimens, have come through a couple of... You know, reasonably tough games, but really up the ante compared to the me performance. They were much more added against Tipperary, particularly in the second half. Blew Tipperary away. I would expect them to blow Sligo away as well, unfortunately. OK, Jackie Cattle, thank you very much. Thank you, Oshin. This is the Rewind on News Talk and coming up we preview the Borgosh Energy Munster Under-21 Hurling Championship Final with uh, players Connor Cleary and Limerick's Keane Lynch but first the Premier League build-up continues don't forget it's live on Off the Ball again this season our first live commentaries are on Sunday August 16th as Arsenal take on West Ham and Stoke meet Liverpool Former Chelsea and Ireland defender Paddy Mulligan joins us Paddy, what are managers and players looking for at this time of the season when they're playing in various frenzies and such? Yeah, well, they're looking for the shape and pattern of the team, that's for sure, and they want to certainly avoid injuries to key players, or, or to any player, if at all possible. And uh, they want to get some results on, under their under their belts as well. So I'll tell you what I was saying, uh, they're only friendly games, and 
Right? We lost one nil to someone, so we threw one each with somebody else. But you need to get uh, results to go and win and, and, and get confidence and build up confidence. But what, what they need to do is get, you know, try and have this near enough the same team as, as, uh, as, as at all possible and get a shape and a balance in the team and make sure that, that the players know exactly what system they're going to play throughout the season. And it's not going to be switched over from, from, from one to the other. You know, there can be a lot of flexibility as well, of course. I mean, Brendan Rogers, Liverpool is, 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 is renowned for that sort of stuff. One week it's 4-3-3, another week it's 4-2-4-1 or something like that, another week it's 4-1-1-1. You would know what, what are you, you going to do next? So, I mean, as long as players know what they have to do, that's the important thing. And sometimes I think Ocean as well, that you can give players, especially soccer players, a little bit too much information, that it's difficult for them to take yeah. an awful lot of it on board. So make it, make it as simple as you possibly can. But the, the, the big thing would be to get confidence going into the start of the season. Because, you know, if you don't get a good start of the season, you can, you can be cut it very, very quickly after three or four games of the season and you find you've only picked up two or three points of a possible 12 points. Well, and, and maybe you're nine behind uh, a team that's after uh, um, uh, winning every game. You know, you've got an uphill battle then and confidence then starts out of the way even at that early stage. So it's, it's vital, and of course every team is going to want that. In the Arsenal's, the Man United's, the Chelsea's, the, the, the Man City's, the, the Liverpool's, the Everton's, the Spurs, they're going to, they're going to want all of that. No, Arsenal had a, had a wonderful win at the, at the weekend, 6-0, um, uh, at the Emirates. And that is magnificent, whether it was against uh, a French team, Lyonnais, or, or not, it is immaterial. The fact that they went out and they performed. Now, they, 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 and they've got Petr Cech in goal as, as well. So I think he's going to be a massive influence for Arsenal this, uh, this season. I think he'll save around 12 or 15 points, perhaps even more, because it, there's, there's no counting for what, what, what a, 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 good, a great goalkeeper like Petr Cech can, can, can do for your team. They've had good shot stoppers in the last confidence as well. Pardon? They've had good shot stoppers in the last couple of years, Arsenal. But is he a good talker? Is he a leader? Is oh, that what yeah, Arsenal needs? He, he commands the whole. Uh, he commands the whole eighteen-yard yard box. You know, he tells defenders where to go. Uh, he, he, he sees danger before any, 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 anybody else sees it, and that's what that's what a great goalkeeper does. And he goes and talks defenders into positions if, if they're caught out of position, like Meta Saka and Koscielny are, are, are liable to be caught out, liable to be caught out at any time. So uh, uh, he can see that from behind, and he can he can roll with them and give them a shout. Say, look, you need to go to your right. You need to go. You have to step back a yard. Go forward a yard. He can he can do stuff like that, which is which is which is paradox. The shadings of this world don't command uh, uh, the 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 area like like uh, like Patrick Cech does. Yes, Shadney is, is a half decent uh, uh, shot stopper, but you need an awful lot more. Than you need somebody to go, go and command that 18 yard box, and then check they have him. And he's only what 32 or 33 years of age. He can play at least 40, 41 years of age. I mean, he's in such wonderful condition as well. So, what, you know, I'd be watching out for that for sure. Yeah, just to go back to what we were talking about in pre-season and players and managers preparing. As fans, we're waiting. We're waiting with bated breath. We don't know what kind of form guys are in. We don't know what form our teams will start in. But do you have an indication, if you're part of one of these teams at the moment, what kind of form you'll be in? I mean, oh, yeah, you, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, all, you always get that in. Because, I mean, the, the, the has it always been games, right for you? Yes, the, the, the first two, the first, the first few games, and, and well, the first few weeks back in training, are going to be very, very hard, because you're going to you're going to be doing an awful lot of long running. Now, perhaps it's changed since my day, but but in our day we were doing three mile cross country. We're doing an awful lot of stamina work, and we were, we were training three times a day. We were training morning, uh, afternoon, and again in the evening time, uh, and, and I'm sure they do pretty much the, the, the same these days. Um, so yeah, you get you, the first few games that you play. You're not you're not overly you're not overly pushed because you want to get your match fitness up. But as you play three or four or five games, then your match fitness begins begins to come up because that's the important thing. You can you, you have a different fitness uh, in, in a general fitness to your match fitness. And, and when when you start when, when, you, when you start getting your match fitness up, that's when you start feeling uh, feeling really good, and that's when you know I'm ready for the season. And, and fortunately, uh, at the clubs that I was at. Uh, at Chelsea Palace and West Brom, you're, you're always ready for the start of the season. Because the training was, was geared that you're, you're ready to just go and bomb in, in the first game of the season. And what about these pre-season tours? Manchester United on one, Arsenal have done them, although they're, they're, they're home the last couple of games. Liverpool are off in Asia, and they've, they've also been to Australia, I think, as well. Uh, Chelsea in Australia. Are, are yeah. they a good thing? Are they good for team bonding? Or you know, does the travel mean you're, you're losing a, a lot of advantage from them? I mean, how do they work? It, 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 it's very difficult, I think, now for players these days because of, because of the, the, the vast amount of travel. I mean, the, 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 the travelling down to Malaysia, down to Australia, across to America, and, and so on, and, and travelling all over, over, 
over America can be can be very very tiring, and you're you're going from one time zone to the next as well. So that 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 can be difficult. But look, they 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 can get they can get all the rest that they want now. There's absolutely no problem with that. So I don't I don't envisage too big of a problem. Yes, some players will will, will find it a little bit more difficult difficult than others because not everybody is built the same way. And with you know some some people will, will some players will get with cramp. Another players will never ever get cramped. Does this kind of thing though hit you later in the season? It doesn't necessarily hit you straight away. The fatigue from these journeys. No, or... I think it'll be, I think it, yeah. I think it, what, I think what happens then, uh, uh, Oshin, is I think it becomes psychological. It depends on how well you're doing in the season. If you're doing well in the season, you'll want to play every game because you won't be training that often. So the club should be looking after you and, and tapering down the training. You won't need that training because all of the hard work will have been done. It's a question of ticking over. And as a matter of fact, after the first seven or eight games of the season, it really is a question of ticking over. But maybe the odd blowout yeah. uh, over, over, over a two-monthly period or something like that. But apart from that, you just need to be kept on, on the boil so that you're ready. See, the whole purpose, as far as I'm concerned, the whole purpose of training from Monday to Friday is so that you, you're, you're geared for Saturday to absolutely explode. Or, or, or Sunday, whichever, whichever, whichever day it is these, uh, these days. And that, that's the whole, that's the whole uh, point of, of, of training, as far as, as far as I would be concerned. And once you, once you get that right, and once your results are going well, it be tons of confidence. You, you can see, you can see in clubs that uh, who finish mid-table that they've given up the goals uh, shortly after Christmas. They know they're safe. They're not going to win anything. They're not going to get relegated, and they're only going through the motions yeah. as such. But that's up to the manager to go and nip that in the bud as well. He's got to go and sort those out because that's, that's a bad attitude for players, uh, for players to adopt. But you, I, can, I can see how it could happen because people can get lazy. And professional footballers are no, are no different than anybody else. When you've got the great Jack Wiltshire who should be ruling the rules at Arsenal. And there leaves an awful lot to be desired with his off-the-field activities. And again, his cup final, his after uh, post-match cup final celebrations. Well, you know, he's got to, he's got to start getting a grip of himself now because he's he's had an awful lot of injuries, yeah. uh, for instance, and, and uh, before he knows where he where, where where he is, his career could be finished uh, through the injury. So he'd want to be careful and, and say, take a long hard look at himself and say, no, I'm not going to make those mistakes. If if, if Anthony Bengal says you shouldn't be smoking or behaving yeah. or misbehaving, well, then don't do that sort of stuff. I think common sense says he shouldn't be smoking. Anyway, look, just before yeah. I let you go, Paddy, Ireland's World Cup draw made over the weekend. Let's you know not, not get too uh, stuck in the mud on this one because we still have a bit of business to do in the Euro qualifiers and hopefully some good business. But the draw is Serbia, Austria, Wales, Moldova and Georgia. What did you make of that draw? Yeah, under normal circumstances, it, 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 it's a half-decent draw. But unfortunately, when we talk about the Republic of Ireland team at this, in this present time, we're not talking about uh, normal circumstances because the, the, the sad part about it is that the, the quality, in, in my eyes, is just not there. And we're going to be scraping the barrel to try and get, get, get out of the group for the Euros and in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the World Cup uh, qualifications. And don't forget that the likes of Serbia, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be a great team. But they came in here and gave us a lesson last year in a friendly. It was one of, one of Matt O'Neill's first games, 2-0. Uh, uh, I'll never forget Matic in, in, in the central midfield of Chelsea there, who just pushed the likes of West Holden. You know, off the ball, it just wasn't there. It was taking candy from a from a school child. So that 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 in itself would be a concern. Wales are having having a decent run at the moment. Can they can they can they still be having a decent run in, in a year's time? So it's all it's all questions. If if I if if, if we could see a few uh, a few young lads coming through from the Irish setup uh, to make the breakthrough, well then you say, well okay then okay maybe we mightn't we mightn't qualify for the Euros, but okay then let's look at the World Cup and see if if, if we can get a, get come out of this group. But unfortunately, I don't see anything spectacular um, from from a youth uh, side um, coming on, coming on stream, and that 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 to me is a major concern. And it doesn't matter who will be managing the team, you still you still have that same problem. So Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane have got to use their management skills to a very very best of their ability to get the very very best out of the, the, the squad of players that, that they have. That's not mean achievement, but that's what management is all about as well. It's not about a question of being gifted, but with, with the best players in the world, you've got to go and manage the players that you've got, and you know exactly now. But they should know exactly now what they're dealing with. You know, go and go and get a system. Go and go and get the players who can who can who can play and, and get the very best out of each individual. If you can do that, well, then you've got a great show. It might be the prettiest of football, but it, it, it can be very very effective. And, and we might be moaning going, oh, that's an awful standard of football. Well, but look, if, if that's if that's the way if that's the way that we are, and that's all that we can produce. And then that's why we're better off, you know, getting the, maximizing what we have 
rather than just saying, ah, give up on the whole thing and saying, ah, sure, that's no, we don't have, we don't have quality here, we don't have quality there, but go and maximise what each player has got, has got to give, go and maximise that to the best of their ability and give it everything they've got in every game. And there's no shame in losing that. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was former Ireland and Chelsea defender Paddy Mulligan on the upcoming Premier League season and of course Ireland's World Cup qualification draw. Before we go, let's look at the Borgash Energy Monster Under-21 hurling final this Thursday night in Ennis. We'll have updates on that game on Off the Ball with James e. O'Connor. Ahead of the match, I've been speaking with Clarice Connor cleary and first Limerick's Kean Lynch. A lot of people expected Tip to beat you in the semi-final, but you yourselves going into that game, what were you saying amongst the group? Look, Tipperary, everyone knows the players they had, the team they had. Look, they had a tough match on that Sunday against Waterford in the Munster final, you know. So it was a quick old turnaround for them. Their heads were still on that Munster final victory, like. But look, going into it, we said we keep our heads down. We try our best, work the hardest. And if we come in at half time, you know, with our heads, our heads high, after saying we had a good first half, you know, we'd be happy. And thankfully, we did. Went in the half time, there we started off well. In the second half, we pushed on again. Tip came back. John they showed great character in fairness to Tip. But look, at the end of it, we came out and tap at the end of it. So we were delighted, you know. We believed in ourselves and thankfully we came out and did it right side of it. A couple of guys involved in the under-21s that are also part of the seniors. How much did you need that victory and how much of that hurt was driving you on? Or is it a separate issue? Is it something that's, you know, something that you don't even think about when you're playing in one team, you don't think about the other? Well, look, we played Saturday night against Dublin with the seniors, actually, you know. It's a disappointing result, you know, we, we started off well and we kind of let Dublin back into it, but look, all we wanted to do was get back onto the field and get back training and get playing a match, and thankfully with the match on the third, it was a quick turnaround, we got out on the pitch and look, we, as you said, we had the hearts inside in us, and it kind of filtered through that Limerick Hurling, we weren't going to go down easy, like, yeah. we played with our hearts on our sleeves. For you, in a championship sense, it started so well against Clare in the senior grade, and for the rest of the team as well, so how disappointing was it? that night against Dublin you just didn't really perform especially in the second half look, you can't put your finger on it either like, you know, we don't know what went wrong but look people like teams have those kind of days you know, where things just don't go right where you kind of think you should have pushed on or you think you should have done this that and the other thing but look Dublin showed great character that night too Look, they came out in the second half they pushed on they took their chances whereas we didn't take our chances but look this happens and thankfully 21 is a different age group now again completely back on our own kind of age group and we'll keep going and how important has the 21 championship been to you? Because I suppose it's allowed you to concentrate on what you love to do to hurl and to not maybe get carried away or, or unfocused with the amount of attention that you've received because you've gone from being a guy that hurling people know to being a guy that pretty much everyone knows. Jesus, oh, I don't know about that now, but look, 21s, as I said there, it's coming back to your own age group, your peers, the lads you kind of grew up with, like, you know, whereas the senior are playing with lads it's last year and the year before, you're kind of looking up to saying, God, these are kind of the lads you'd love to be like and love to play with, you know. Then he wants your friends. And so thankfully, we got over to Tipperary and we have another chance, another stab at the old and almost a final. And sure, Claire will be very good. And Claire, you know, they're going for the four in a row. And sure, please God, now we keep going. And what's it like for you when you're involved with the under-21s as compared to the seniors? Can you, be, can you be a bit more mouthy because, you know, they're they're lads of your own age and they look at you and they go, right, this this guy... We gotta respect him. Whereas at senior grade, you know, you're the young pup in the squad, regardless of how much talent you are. You're you're still the young lad. Whereas at 21s, you can be a a senior player at that grade, if you know what I mean. If you if you follow my drift with that one. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, but look at 21s. It's no different senior. Like this, as I said, there, 21s is kind of the next best thing to senior yeah. hurling. You know, so you're playing with lads there that are 21 years of age or two, three years older than you. Like, so they've been around. They've played three years. 21s, like they know the story. They know what's going on. So, like, no, there's no kind of just because certain player played scene or that he should be telling this lad what to do. But no, everyone kind of rolls in. And we're all in the same way, and we're all on par, and we come together as a team on the day. Yeah. And talk to me about the experience. The tracksuit top you have on there is the All Ireland final one of last year. Limerick Miners getting there. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it didn't go your way on the day. But what have you learned from those kind of big occasions? Playing in an All Ireland final, being involved with Limerick in in in, in a Munster Championship match. Those kind of experiences. Look, you know kind of starting off you're kind of getting over your first match or second match going to a Munster final you think this is great you know but last year getting to an Ireland final was a massive occasion our young fellas like we were only 18, 17 a few 16 year olds so these are things you dream of like going out in Crow Park they're seeing Limerick jerseys in the stand shouting for your team like you know we kind of the occasion kind of can get you easily like, but you've learned to you know, take everything in your stride and go take every match as it comes and 
it's no different to Thursday night, you know, Claire, they're going for four in a row, they've have the experience, they know what it's like, you know. Whereas we're coming into it now, you know, we haven't been in the much final since I think it was a couple of years ago now and they won it. But look, we have to come in and keep the head down and don't leave any occasion to get to any team, you know. Because you have that senior experience, do you put more pressure on yourself now at this grade or is it kind of the same as when you were playing minor last year, you just do what you do? Well, look, you have to go out and take it. Like, it is a big day, John Munster final. Not many people get to play on them, like, you know. So, it's not putting extra pressure on yourself. It's about going out and knowing what's at stake, you know. Like, there's only going to be one team that's going to win and win a Munster final in the night, you know. So, we'll see what happens and we'll keep the head focused. Yeah. Do you think there might be more expected of you, though, because you've been involved in the senior team? There could be, but look, it's a great bunch of players we have, you know. Everyone kind of pushes on and, like, if there's no three or four players that are going to win any match on the day it's about a panel of 20 players that come on into the pitch five subs and they're extending the panel yeah. the lads that push everyone on on the day and the management so yeah. you know it's no five or six players that can win a match it's everyone driving each other on because it's in Ennis it's, it's a strange situation you don't have that far to travel but it is an away game does does it feel like an away game when you're coming only this far? oh it's, it does come yeah. back to Ennis like geez we played here three years ago in the minors and yeah. we lost to Clare as well like and they went down to the Munster final but Look, anywhere away from home, you know, you feel it's away, especially come down here to Ennis. The stadium is a small, compact stadium. It's pretty much the o- exact opposite to the Gaelic grounds, the, the stadium, isn't it? Yeah, so the kind of supporters kind of even top you, which kind of adds effect to the game as well, creating an atmosphere, I'm sure. Look, Ennis, Clare, would everyone like to be in Clare shows playing their match in their home pitch? Like. Yeah. And they're three in a row Munster champions. Now, obviously, it's the under-21 grade, so there's a turnaround of players, but they still have an awful lot of talent. Shane O'Donnell, to name just one. Is that something that intimidates, or is that something that kind of makes you rise to the challenge, that makes you go, right, let's have a crack at these lads? But look, you have to respect them, like, as you said, like Shane O'Donnell there, Ian Galvin, Bobby Duggan, you know, yeah. they've been numerous players, or even Connor, Connor there, yeah. like, they've numerous players that like, you kind of see as senior standards, but it's not kind of, like, you respect them, and you say fair play to them, like, and you just have to go out and, you know, man up, man to man, and see what happens. The live TV thing, does that excite you, the fact that it's on TV? <laughs> Look, that's all side shows, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, all the kind of media kind of crack, it's kind of all to the side. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about 60 minutes, 70 minutes of hurling, whatever it is, yeah. going in the, between the light lines, going in and hurling. Yeah. You know, it's what you're kind of training for, and it's what it's all about, really, at the end of the day. What are your own plans? Because, as we say, and as we sometimes maybe forget, you're quite a young man. Are you heading off to college now? What's the story? Uh, I'm going to, I'm in Donart to Mary Eye, so it's grand, like, you know. It's kind of a different different atmosphere completely to school. Like in school, you're kind of mollycoddled. Everything's kind of done for you. Yeah. But in college, you kind of find your own way. You're kind of meeting lads there from every part of the country. Like yeah. And seeing the way different players, even you meet players there from Galway's, other counties that you never think you'd meet. The way they prepare for different things. Like, But no, a bit of crack now and trying to relax in college and sort of see what happens. And Fitzgibbon-wise, it's a strange one because they're, they're a very small college as compared to UL and UCD and UCC and WIT who've been very successful in the last couple of years. But they're quite competitive. Yeah, look, it's a small college, as you said, like, but it's kind of a kind of homey atmosphere inside there. Mm-hmm. You know, just small numbers compared to like UL, where kind of a given team or fresher team kind of come together, and yeah. you get to know the players much more yeah. easier, like, and you kind of train more with these kind of players. And sure, look, it's given now, it's down the line. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, this is the one to concentrate <laughs> on. Um, and just before I let you go, talk to me about this bunch of um, Limerick players what, what will they bring to this game what do you need to bring that maybe you didn't against Tip and I know that seems like a strange question because you beat an incredibly good Tip team so if you replicate that performance you won't be far away yeah look you know, every time you play a match you always learn from it even if you win if you lose if you draw you always have things uh, you can map up on it so look we have to bring a massive work rate a massive intensity and look we know Claire are going to do the exact same thing they're going to bring a massive work with a massive intensity but it's whoever works hard and wants it the most it's going to come out on top Connor, perhaps it's a surprise to people outside of Clare that Clare are in the Gosh Energy Munster under 21 hurling final but I've no doubt that it's absolutely zero surprise to you guys um, yeah I suppose you always going to have to have that belief going into a game like whoever you're playing I know Warford they're a high defensive team and that was rightly so. Like you know, they've um, we all seen what they've done yesterday against in their game. Like Austin Gleeson and boys, they're serious hurlers. But I suppose any game you go into, you have to believe we're going to win, and we do believe we we were going to win. But uh, we knew we were up against a very tough test, and that it was. But um, so we were looking tonight too. Like we, I suppose the breaks went our way. They mightn't go our way the other days, and you know, it just um, it kind of all came together for us tonight. But I suppose after that game, when once the wins the night was over. 
our attention after watching the game towards the night was to Limerick because like, uh, as great as the win against Waterford was, you know, we, we were fully aware that we were not near and uh, we know how big of a challenge Limerick could pose on, on towards the night uh, by looking at the game against the Prairie, they were, they were brilliant to fairness them. So. Was it strange to go into a game like that and not be favourites when you consider especially that you were at home and second of all, I think it's three monster titles in a row now you have? Yeah, to be honest with you, we wouldn't, you know, other days, majority of majority of us wouldn't really take any notes to to fairest takes or who's fairest because we wouldn't be we wouldn't be reading papers, we wouldn't be looking at bookie stuff like you know. So we just kind of um, we just kind of fit normal. I suppose going to normal championship game, it was most championship lads had got themselves right in the weeks before, like they trained hard since December, like so. You know, it was just it was like another big game, like you know, we don't really look who's fairest or anything. It's just we try to go and play really. And it's the last game in Cusack Park, as we know it, because after this, it's being redeveloped, and this game is actually delaying that redevelopment ever so slightly. Does that a- add something special to this? I mean, it's, it's not too often that you play big finals at home anyway, but maybe this makes it even more special. Um, it does not a way, but I suppose Cusack Park isn't closing down for good either. It's only closing down for a few months, so you know, it's, uh, it's not as, as if it's going to be the last ever game in Cusack Park. But it is great to get a final at home. Uh, you don't want to like, you, like you know, playing in front of your home crowd, yeah. your home supporters is something you... Dream about growing up, and you see Clare senior teams, Clare 21 teams playing Cusack Park. So it is great, and it is great to have. To, it would be great to have one support behind us, but I suppose we know as well that Clare and Limerick are such rivals, and you know, they're, they're on the board to each other, that there'll definitely be as much Limerick fans there as it will be Clare. And given what you've achieved at this level in the last couple of years, and the fact that the seniors have had two poor years back to back, does that add pressure on you guys? Does that add to the, to the hunger amongst the team, to the hunger amongst the fans, and is that good or bad? Um, to be honest, with you, we don't really take any notice of it because uh, I suppose, especially at 21s level, like there's no real in a row, like or you know, yeah. people say things like that, like it's a new team every year. So we were just like, say this team a minor. We were very lucky to be at Limerick in the Munster semi final. We lost to Bray in the Munster final. Then we got beaten by Dublin Dar in the semi final. So like, and we had a poor record in 14, 16. So this team really has won nothing. And I suppose that's what's driving us on that we want to kind of make a name for ourselves as a team. That other teams have made names themselves, but at the moment this team has done has, has achieved nothing really. So that's our biggest uh, that's driving us on really. What do you make of this Limerick team? You got a good look at them against Tipperary in the semi-final, like yourselves. Maybe surprise winners to some. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll no, go into that game because say after the Wednesday night, we were, a couple of us were talking about uh, the game the next night, and we were saying, "Geez, you couldn't call it like because." Said I had the Lesnar panel when we went to school and our school and stuff, and they know a lot of Limerick boys, and they know. How good, how, how good hurlers, how much of good hurlers they are, like, and, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, we, we seen them, tur- we seen them that night against Tipperary, they were very physical, very hungry, workers, very high, they have excellent hurlers all over the field, like, you know, so, they're going to be as much of a, as much of a test to beat as Waterford were, if not more test, because, um, they seem very physical all over the field, and their, their hunger and work rate really impressive, and they've hurlers like Keane Lynch, you know, Dean Burns, Barry Clannon, they're all serious operators, like, so, so they'll be tough to beat and um, it would just be a tougher game if we want to compete on Thursday Work rate is something that's huge with both of these teams. I mean, it was work rate that got you through against against uh, Watford in the semi-final. Yeah, I suppose work rate and uh, I suppose that comes from hunger from the two teams because uh, even growing up, um, you know, Clare and Limerick in this age group didn't really win anything. It was always kind of temporary and I suppose Watford were winning things. So you know, it's just pure hunger to make a name for yourself as a team. And so that's, that's what it really boils down to. Talk to me about the rivalry with Limerick, because as, as, you've, as you've said, you actually know each other pretty well. And I don't mean as teams, I mean as, as guys, as players, as, as friends, as schoolmates, as guys who go to college together. So does that kind of put a strange spin on this game? Does that kind of put a strange dynamic? Is it different meeting Limerick as opposed to other teams because you actually know the guys that bit better? Yeah, I suppose, um, well, like, do you know, since you know the person you might be, I wouldn't know many of them know, but say the lads that go to Arsco Reach and stuff, and more of these, these Clare boys would know. A lot of the Limerick boys, but um, at the same time, like you know, everyone knows there's no cliche. Like you know, once the game starts, you know your friends. Uh, like it's, it's, there's no medicine in there really, but you know your your friends off it. And once the game starts, you're playing for Clare and they're playing for Limerick, and that's the way it's going to be for 60 minutes. Whatever friendships and everything will lift aside for them 60 minutes. But you know, it's just it's a game. It's like you're in one corner, they're in another corner, and it's just going to be. That's the way it's going to be. It's it. You know. Nothing wrong with the work rate and performance against Waterford in, a, in an effort sense, but what do you have to do in this game that perhaps you didn't in that game? I definitely think increased the work rate. Uh, Limerick's work rate against Tipperary was way higher than our work rate against Waterford. I, so I couldn't get over their hassling and their, 
the direct running and the pace they had and stuff like it's going to be we're going to have to work very, work very, way harder to just to get to get a result on Thursday night. But um, if we if we um, if just work hard, that's basically our, our kind of our motto for the year. Like because you know, um, if you work hard, like you know, hopefully something will fall for you. And you know, I know I know both teams are going to work hard Thursday night. So it's the best team of the night to win it. Teams that work the hardest really, I suppose. Connor, the very best of luck. Thanks for talking. So, thanks very much. That's Limerick's Kean Lynch and Clare's Connor Cleary ahead of the board. Gosh, Energy Munster under 21 hurling final in Ennis this Thursday. It could be a real cracker. There'll be live coverage on Off the Ball. Well, that's it for this. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next Monday with a review of a huge weekend of football, and we will continue our build-up to the Premier League season. Until then, take care. The Monday Rewind. Goal chance here for Waterford. Oh, what a finish! Brilliantly taken by Shane Bennett. The ball dropped to the ground, it bounced up a foot in the air, and he cracked it on the volley. I thought some of the freeze in the first half were dubious enough, to be, to be honest, and, uh, but we were there, and just, I suppose, a goal early in the second half, and a big influence on the game, and, uh, you know, Warford drove on from there, went back to their sweeper system, and, uh, you know, looked very comfortable. But in fairness, four guys never gave up, and they showed great hearts, and uh, they fought to the end. From the word go, we were struggling, gave away a very soft goal early on. Fair to Galway, had to hold your hands up and say that we just weren't good enough. I know you're probably sick of being asked already at this stage, but what about yourself? Do you plan staying on or what's it? Next year. Walking out yourselves. That's where we want to be. So, yeah, we're delighted that we got a performance today, but we'll have to knuckle down. We know how good Tipperary are. Probably too many wides there for our record there today, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there, you know. For a man to have an inside one on one opportunity oh, yeah. for Corrigan, who shifts it over Connaughton. Oh, what a goal that was for Corrigan. It came to an edge of the square. He drops it onto the right boot. He's running out with his hands in the air, and that's it. Done and dusted. The mayor's room is special. I will always respect it, never dishonour it, and I will always be proud to have won it. Thank you very much.